Oh, oh, definitely feeling a lot better than I did yesterday. Though I will say, it's it's weirdly hitting differently watching like Blubs and Durland as like all these police riots are going Right. On. Yeah. And I wasn't gonna bring it up and show, but that's actually hitting differently too. <laughs> 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 but not well there's all sorts of dumb president jokes in this one too I, you know? I know I know and that, I was kind of debating I was like do I really want to get super political on this show or not the good thing is it's your own network so you can do whatever the hell you want I, <laughs> nobody I, I, can nobody I, can cry about it I know because I kind of want to go with the same rules that we have for Degas and Jedi that you know we don't get super political unless it's the politics of the show it was just definitely Watching this episode with Blubs and Durland is just hitting so much differently with all the protests going on and watching police brutality for a week now, and it's weird. Like, Gravity Falls is both super ahead of its time and also, like, it continues to stay very timely, and it's it's interesting because it just, you know, it hits differently. It just, it does. Um... When I when I see things of like, what Blubs and Durland were like, we're gonna take you away and you're not coming back. I just remember seeing the trend of like people trying to find where the 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 DC protesters went because there was a lockdown. They blocked out all their technology and so like, for several hours people didn't know where people were and I was like, mmm, mmm, Alex Hirsch. <laughs> Did you know? Are you, it, 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 it's that old Star Wars w rule where it's just general enough to where you yeah, can yeah, apply yeah. it to everyday yeah, life. Yeah, where life will, will go along with it if you wait long enough. Yeah, because yeah. this episode never used to hit me that way, but it, it definitely is hitting differently now. So, to, how I might just clip this little bit out and stick it at the end of the episode as like a closing statement or something, I don't know. Are you recording? I I think I am already recording. If not, then fuck it. What the hell is this? Ugh, this is so boring. What else is on? everyone, welcome to Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, an animation podcast for geeky girl experience. I'm Hope Mullinax, and I make my friend Chris Honeywell watch all my favorite animated shows. In this episode, when Dipper and Mabel discover evidence that the reported town founder is a hoax, they set out to expose the historical cover-up and prove Mabel's silliness is not, a, is not a bad thing. We're talking about Gravity Falls Irrational Treasure this week. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good doing pretty good too just you know the weather's starting to get hot which i don't i don't enjoy super hot well above 75 i start getting i start hating life <laughs> we were getting we were getting hot here it went right into summer and then we got a little cold snap today was nice but it's been like fall like the last few days it's been kind of nice it's been like jacket weather it, it's been the, the humidity has been really down too even though it's been like in the low 80s outside but it's it's I don't I don't like anything above like seventy five. Honestly, like the sixties are like my happy <laughs> hope place. Like upper sixties to maybe low seventies. Like that's happy hope place. 
My my favorite weather is when you're the like sun living is hot. in the wrong part of the country. <laughs> oh, I I know, I know. <laughs> Georgia summers are the worst. <laughs> I think they invented the word sultry for Georgia summers. There's a reason why we say the air you can wear. That's 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 my uh, stripper name. <laughs> Georgia <laughs> summers. <laughs> and is the air like H? E-I-R, like the heir to the strippers <laughs> that you can wear. <laughs> Gravity Falls! <laughs> yes. Did you like this episode? I did like this episode. I think still last episode was still my favorite episode, but I, I like this episode. I wasn't sure whether or not you would really like this episode or not, because it's dealing with, in a way, like conspiracies. I know you're a conspiracy theory guy, but... It's, it's, it has a twist on the conspiracy theories with it being like silly theories and only silly people can figure it out. So I, I wasn't quite sure what you would feel about this one. I think it's making fun of a movie that, or you know, a lot of it's reference to uh, National Treasure, which I've never seen. So yeah. I was I was thinking it was going along that. But no, I'm 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 fine. It's kind of a, like a little bit of a restatement of last episode. You know, with uh, I had a note about that. Like, this is the part two because it both continues Mabel's storyline and Dipper's storyline from yeah. last episode. I I had that note too. And, and it kind of restates a lot of the themes of of Mabel and her rivalry with um, Pacifica Northwest. Yeah, this episode's interesting because I remember the first couple times I watched it, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. But for some reason, this time, when, maybe it's just because we're going through it with a much finer tooth comb. I really enjoyed this episode, especially Mabel's storyline. Like, there's a lot of really nice things in this episode. I, I Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to getting into it. So, you, just, you ready to get into it? I am. Irrational Treasure is the eighth episode of Gravity Falls, and it aired on August 17th, 2012. It was written by Tim McKeon and Alex Hirsch. It was directed by John Aoshima, and the storyboard artists were Mark Garcia, Nikki Yang, who's also the voice of Candy, and Chris Sonnenberg. Some extra information for you. Priscilla Northwest, Pacifica's mother, is voiced by Kari Walgren. Her other works include Fooly Cooly, DC Superhero Girls, Rick and Morty, and Voltron Legendary Defenders. Preston Northwest, Pacifica's father, is voiced by Chris Parnell in only this episode. His other works include Rick and Morty, Archer, and the Hotel Transylvania series. Starting I think he was in Saturday Night Live, too. I've never actually, like, super watched Saturday Night Live, other than, like, the occasional clips here and there, so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Well, I think it was back... I think his thing was he used to play Bill Clinton. So that dates it. That gives you a date. <laughs> How far back it was, so... Chris Parnell, SNL. Oh, yeah, look at that. You're right. When was Chris Parnell in SNL? Uh, 1998 to 2006. Sounds about right. Yeah, good call, Chris. Thank you. Starting in season two, Preston Northwest is, is voiced by Nathan Fillion. So you have that to look forward to. President Quentin Trimbley is yet another character voiced by Alex Hirsch. The title of this episode is an allusion to the Nicolas Cage movie National Treasure. And finally, this is great, I'm going to read this out. The Northwest cover-up document also had other secrets in it. I found a screenshot of it, and I'm going to read the other paragraph that's not about Nathaniel Northwest. Other hidden historical truths include, Thomas Jefferson was actually just two kids in an overcoat standing on top of each other's shoulders. 
The current and forever president of the United States is actually Santa Claus. Under the reign of Mr. Claus, America is not a democracy. It's a jollyocracy. The statues in Mount Rushmore are actually gigantic presidential-faced robots that will be called upon in action when America needs them most. An enormous, evil, time-devouring baby from another dimension is frozen in the Antarctic glaciers. Fortunately, glaciers never melt, so we should be fine! Alex Hirsch, you're so amazingly funny. <laughs> Writing jokes for cartoons is more important than sleep. And if you recite their Pledge of Allegiance backwards, you will gain secret wizard powers. And then part of it's covered up and it says, This only something, kids. Try it at home. So that was the other half of the Northwest cover-up document. <laughs> I just like that we... I would love to I like that a... he gives away that he wrote it at like 3 in the morning. I know! <laughs> and I like that we live in a jollyocracy. I, I like if the... Only. <laughs> yeah, right. And I like the the whole like don't worry glaciers never melt <laughs> because it's not true. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, what were your favorite parts of this episode? Well, one, the government training film, the secret or well training for secret secret document film. Uh huh. I love those. I love that the guy thought he was going to get shot and then is visibly relieved through the rest of the. <laughs> He's like, oh, really? Oh, that's a relief. (laughs) And uh, the sheriff and his deputy are hilarious in this one. They're just, I don't really think they fleshed out their characters anymore, but they turned them into a series of gags that were just great as to how they just sort of blow in the wind. And their buddiness is, is the just extreme caricature of two cop buddies is, it's hilarious. What Hilarious. What if... I gave you the minorest of spoilers. Oh, you the, just can't help yourself, can you? The, the minorest of spoilers. You can say no. If I say, yeah, I can't say no at this point. I mean, you can. It's not a I plot can, spoiler. But it's not going to work. It's not it ain't going to work, Hope. You got to Yeah. Talk. It's not a plot spoiler. It's a character spoiler. Okay. You ready? They're married. And the final episode of Gravity Falls, it's confirmed that Blurbs and Derland are in love with each other. And that they're a couple. Yeah, you think? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it was actually, um, it was actually a big deal because something with Gravity Falls is Alex Hirsch tried multiple times to get queer characters into his show. And Disney kept pushing back and even at one point said, if you don't take this out, we'll personally cut it ourselves. And he was able to slide in blurbs and Derlin and confirm that they were in love with each other in the final episode because it was the final episode and the show was ending anyway. So it's not like uh, Disney could fucking do anything about it. <laughs> you said slide in Sheriff Blurbs and Derlin. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's, it's funny because it's so obvious for the entire show and it was just a nice little confirmation and a little last fuck you from Alex Hirsch to Disney saying, our show is ending anyway. You can't do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely obvious from, from the get-go that, you know, they love each other so much. Yeah, no, they'd be married if it was a, uh, if it was like family, if they were characters in Family Guy or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're actually my favorite part of this episode, too. Um, I had two favorite parts, and so much of it is... Blubs and Derland. They're just so lovely 
and they're adorable, and they're just really funny, and I I, I love them so much. They, they to me are, have probably some of the best gags of this episode. And my uh, my other favorite moment, and it's one of my absolute favorite jokes of the series, and it's when Dipper and Mabel are outside the museum, and Dipper's like, "You know what this means, Mabel? We're gonna have to break in." And the music's all like, "Da da 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 da." And then they just walk right in because it's free on Pioneer Day. And Dipper's like, we're in. Da-da, da-da, da-da. I don't know why, but that joke makes me laugh so hard every time. And I think it just... Because it's very realistic. And they're like, here's a balloon. (laughs) And here's your sticker. But Dipper's so serious about it. And well, I, have I, you I, ever been to anything like Pioneer Day or anything like that? Like, I, I have, like in yeah. a historical day in a, a small town? It is very much like that. But I, I think it's just the way that it's supposed, you know, it's a, it's, it's a nod at like a nudge and a little poke at like action movies where they're like, yeah. we have to break in. And it's, I, I like that it's a knock on like action movies. <laughs> and that's why it's so funny to me when all they did had, all they had to do was walk in the door. Speaking of Pioneer Day, that's actually my first note. As we get into the stories, the themes, and the characters, I love Pioneer Day. It's just, it's such a fun idea, and I love how the entire town is there. Just the very basics of them pretending not to understand cars. They're just like, we don't know what these automobiles are. What is this contraption? It's like a renaissance fair. I can't, I can't, I'm like Stan, I can't stand that shit. I will if say I, I would be into it if they really went into it like Westworld or something and just faithfully recreated it, had good actors and stuff. But you, you know, you go to Renaissance Fair and stuff's built out of plywood. Come on, come on. I I like that they go all out though, because even they even changed the signs. Like there's something that said like "Ye Old Coffee Shop" on one of the signs that I'd never noticed before. But I like how everyone's staying in character because. The teenage characters that are friends of Wendy, there's a couple of them here and there in the background, and they're, like, not in costume. And I'm like, that's very on-brand for teenagers not doing yeah. that shit. <laughs> so it, it was really nice to show how the town works and just another, like, building that world. And, and even Gideon, like, even Gideon's in on it. And I, I like that. It shows the community of Gravity Falls. And it's just fun, and I just find it so hilarious when they're like, what is this automobile? Well, Gideon's <laughs> all dressed as a Puritan, too. He's, like, very just a, sort of prissy Puritan dress. It's perfect. I just love the whole mom where Stan's like, Steve, you're a mechanic. And he's like, I don't well, know what that is. <laughs> that seems, I'm sort of getting the running gag of, of how Stan, like, I thought Stan was going to be a more active character in the, and he may be in the, as it goes on. But right now we're seeing, like, they're experiencing, they're experiencing and learning the town, so it's all mysterious and crazy for them. But every story just sort of plays it against Stan just living his day-to-day life, and it's, and like, his day-to-day life is everything hates him, including Pioneer Day. He gets stuck in that just sort of mundane hell of Pioneer Day while they have their adventure. That's a really good point. I never actually really thought about that because they still are visitors. They're only there for three months. Like the the entire show takes place over the course of three months. And I didn't think about it that way. That because we kind of talked about that in I think it was Headhunters, which was the first time. Yeah, it was Headhunters. 
because Dipper and Mabel were trying to solve this mystery, but they were still the outsiders because they were like, look at these city kids coming in and trying to tell us what to do. And that that is a really good point because Dipper and Mabel are still kind of integrating into the town. Yeah, no, everything's but, new, but Stan's exciting. Been here, yeah, but Stan's in been the, here for years. And they're in the middle of whatever's going on. And Stan is just in the sidelines, just sort of going through whatever he goes through in his day, which is usually just sort of some act of frustration. And then at the end, they reconnect and they've they've had their adventure. I was really surprised that Dipper's just whipping out the, his secret book, though, like Stan was standing around and stuff. I'm like, does Stan know that Dipper has this book? But it's, it's yeah. a cartoon, cartoon, so. Certain things move at the pace of plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Actually, while we're still talking about Stan, I did have a little Stan note. I, I do like that fact that Stan doesn't conform with the town. He's he's not a go-with-the-norm person because he's not, you know, that kind of guy. So, of course, he, he would be like, no, Pioneer Day is the worst. I hate everything about this. Well, some people hate, and and I do, I alternately love and hate because I'll, I'll do it all the time. But people in character... I can't. I can't go to the re- Renaissance Fair. I'll throttle somebody. The first person that's like, "Ah, welcome to," it's just like, "Come on, man, come on, man." I could get you could get away with it. Say at like Disney World, where they really train the people to, you know, and you have aspiring actors there and stuff. But when you get a town and stuff and acting up, it always ends up the, this goofy thing that it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Yeah, especially because he's using a certain kind of logic in this situation. Like, if Stan doesn't want to participate in Pioneer Day, he should be able to do that. So the moment where he's just like, Steve, you're a mechanic. Can you help me out of this ditch? And the guy's like, ye old automobile, what's that? Like, of course Stan's going to be frustrated because he shouldn't have to participate in right. this but if they, he doesn't yeah, want to. They all to. hate him, though. or you know, They all dislike him, and they're just like, okay, if you're not going to play along, then I guess you stay in the mud. If he would have been like, a wizard gave this to me, and blah, 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 but it appears to be ensconced in the mud, the guy would be like, ah, oh, well, let me halt up my mule, and blah, blah, blah. He, but Stan won't play, so the guy's not going to play back, and... Yeah, the first chance they get, they throw them in the stock. <laughs> yeah. But I also kind of like, from a character point of view, like that with, with Stan too, because it connects him more to Dipper. Because the last several episodes, we've been showing a lot of the similarities between Mabel and Stan. But we hear we see that Stan is not willing to let his logic go. He's going to be a logical character in this kind of crazy situation, which is a very Dipper thing to do. And I, and I like that, because they're, they're still showing that while Stan is the grown-up and stuff like that, he's still part of their family, and they both, all three of these characters have a lot of similarities to each other. So I, I, I really like that, too, that he's refusing to let his logic go, just like Dipper would do in this situation. Right. And, but, and, and the difference is that Dipper's a kid, so of course he wants to go to Pioneer Day and run around and look at cows and, like, participate. While something Stan is, to do. <laughs> yeah, it's... When you're absolutely. in a small town and something happens in the town, you go to it because that's what's going on. Yeah, that, those are the biggest deal. All those things are like the biggest deals of the year. You know, that's when the most drama and people meet their wa- future wives and stuff. It's... Their woodpecker wives. Yeah, what is up with that? Was there actually a woodpecker sex joke in this? In this, I think there no, was. No, it's. I think. Well, if there was, I don't know. Yes, about there it. was. I... That's legal. That's legal. He goes. 
Oh, it's incredibly legal. Come on. There, there probably is. I've never actually seen a confirmation of it, but there probably is. That's the joke. They, 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 they go, wait, woodpe- married to woodpeckers, they're legal? He goes, it's still legal. And then he goes, like, incredibly legal. Yeah. In a very insinuating voice, you know? I, I mean, mean it's, like, not gonna, it's not going to work on kids, but it worked on me, let me tell you. And then, like, I, they I received his- transmission. Ah, <laughs> woodpecker sex. And I like that they at least bring it back later in the episode two when the word pecker comes back again and, and Quentin Trimley is like, is that my third wife, Sandra? <laughs> is that you? <laughs> like, he was married to at least a woodpecker once. At least once, yeah. At least once. When when you're married to woodpeckers, if they fly south for the winter, is that cause for divorce? It, it looked like it was heading that way in in this episode. <laughs> what what are the what are the like what what is the the I don't I'm trying to be like what are the rules to be married to a woodpecker and then I'm like why am I thinking so hard about this? <laughs> it's uh, anyway. Watch any Woody Woodpecker cartoon. You don't want to be married to a woodpecker. They're little jerks. The only other note I had about Derlin and Blubs uh, to come back around to them right fast. I like seeing them having more of a serious storyline to, and to see that like they are trained to protect this secret. And that is part of like, this is obviously something that's been going on through gravity falls for a while now that, that this is what they've been training for all their lives. But part of the story, I'm also glad that they never lost their own friendship or silliness too. And at no point were they ever mean. Like there was even that moment where the kids are like, are you going to kill us? And they were like, no, 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 we're not going to kill you. We're just, you know, going to have to do our jobs and take you to, to, to this place. Cause that's our jobs. And, but they never like were cruel or mean and they never lost their own friendship. And they were, they still continue to be in character by being silly yeah. and like being <laughs> happy about balloons and bells and stuff. It's a little weird that they were that they were okay with like taking kids away and giving them to the government never to come back, but ah, we'll 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 we'll, we'll uh, <laughs> I'll get over that in about you know two seconds after thinking about it. Go just like ads. Ah, they're a uh, series of jokes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in this yeah. Episode. There are certain things when it comes to like Rowdy Falls where it's just like just I... let it keep rolling. Yep. Absolutely. I've actually been um, watching my way through season two currently. Um, part of the reason why I've been watching ahead um, through season two because there are just certain things I forgot about. So when so that that way, like I'm at least aware of things. Um, like so, when you make predictions or not, I can be, be like, because I don't say anything, of course, but in my mind, I'm just like, huh, I wonder if that does happen again. I don't remember. I don't know where I'm going with that point. Anyway. <laughs> uh, where was I going with that point? I don't know, Hope. Don't I'm not know. in your brain. I don't know either. Anyway. <laughs> I'll find out when I'm editing and I'll go back and I'll get to the beginning of that, that section and be like, oh, that's what I was going towards. But it's like six weeks later, so now it doesn't matter anymore. Well, the sad thing about like that we were this is a little technical detail that's always funny about podcasts, but like you would think that like ah oh, well you're making the podcast, you could just go back in and go like ah oh, and and say whatever you said, add something or say something better or something, but we were like recording a call, so if you go and like record it on your recorder, it's like it sounds like it. I was talking and I was just like, so hope, how are you on this? 
Tuesday. That's about it, yeah. I would have to actually call you up on Skype and be like, I need to record it. <laughs> I need to just say some <laughs> things over again. Can you just record it? <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, is the magic behind podcasting. Magic. The rest of my notes is I have a lot of Mabel notes and a lot of Dipper notes, and then I wanted to talk about Quit and Trembly. Which one do you want to go with? I'll start right at the beginning. All right. This is our first really big Mabel episode. And I liked it because it was a continuation of Mabel and Pacifica's rivalry from last week's episode, and it really does feel like a part two. To go point by point, I'd like at the very beginning, before Mabel even got up on the stage, that she was totally willing to let last week's episode go. Because Dipper was like, well, isn't that the girl that made fun of you and stuff like that? And Mabel says, oh, it's water under the bridge. It's fine now. And I think that's really telling about Mabel's character in that first moment. Because she was willing to let all that go. She was still willing to be nice for Pacifica, try to treat her friendly. But it's not until Pacifica embarrasses her and that Mabel, with some coaxing from Dipper, realizes that she's not going to let this go. And she's not going to let Pacifica walk away with this. Yeah, and, she's being intentionally mean. And even an olive branch is not like, yeah. Once it's determined, she's just going to be mean. Yeah. And, but but I did like that whole opening moment because that really says a lot about Mabel's character that she was totally willing to let bygones be bygones after last week's episode. And that's that's such a nice moment for her. Hmm. I, I don't know. She may be still be like, let's have bygones. She might be playing the long game. You know what I'm saying? Because she did say she's going down. Now that like, could have referred to the dance-off contest. It could have just referred to she's going down. And you know. So it's better to keep your enemies close. Or your <laughs> friends close and your enemies closer. So, who knows? She might be playing the long game. What, what did you think about Mabel's story in this? It was good. I think that like it was sort of a restatement of the themes of last as far as the Pacifica Northwest goes. But it also showed in the solving of the mystery, once Dipper sort of was like wait the silliness is working you know we're hunting a silly person and i've got a silly person he just rolls with it after that because up till now like all her hijinks have been kind of frustrating to him when they're trying to figure something out and this time it's working and he and he just is like you know what this is this is the you know this is the thing he he integrates it into the plan without even questioning it you know he just rolls right along with it and that's how they get to where they have to go i, I like that as well too because so far like a lot of the show has been mabel supporting dipper and this is the first time we really get to see dipper really supporting mabel and it's and, and it's needed because this is also the first time we've really seen mabel lose her confidence because no, this, he, this is the second time he's this is i think the third time he's like somebody's hurt her feelings or done her wrong oh yeah yeah but and, like and like, he's and he's been I mean, like i'm going to strike back you know because she's like no no revenge and he's just like revenge you know it was what i the... mean is for like the entire episode though oh yeah yeah we've yeah. seen it in like smaller bits like maybe like a segment here and there but this is the first time we've had an entire episode of dipper going i'm gonna be my sister's friend i'm gonna support my sister and we haven't had that for like a 22 minute episode yet that that's what i mean it was that it was even it wasn't even like a friend well, well you know i mean there's a level to it to the where they're kids and it's like they're playing a game and you know they're having fun or whatever doing the thing but like not even as a friend is almost like a as a peer 
as somebody who has siblings. There's being friends with your siblings, but then there's being friends with your siblings like you're friends with your other friends. Yeah. Where they're like your peers in school and stuff. And he's just totally, you know, he's she's not bothering him at all in this episode. Yeah. But I, to me, like, this is a really big episode for Mabel. Like, this is her really first big defining episode because she she loses her confidence, which is which we haven't seen up to this point. And she spends most of the episode trying to actually act like Dipper. But acting like Dipper is a big struggle for her because she's not Dipper. She can't be that person. And so much of the episode is her trying to prove herself to everybody else. But because but it's a different kind of story because she's always been okay with herself, and she has to learn that she doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. Well, that's and, a, that, that's how they they figure like it's such a visual metaphor to where she's trying to you know Dipper's fi- trying to figure out the picture and she's like I'm gonna figure it out too and squints her eyes. But then as she relaxes and just gets more natural, she starts doing stuff like hanging upside down. So the what you know as soon as she relaxes and is just herself. She like immediately goes. It's it's like a compass. Yeah. It's like he had his magic silly compass, and you know she would relax and and probably was thinking, ah, I don't know what I'm doing, and then Bing, that's when it happens. Yeah. Also nice. Very zen like. Yeah, and also kind of just like a nice like little thing that they remember is after the two twins hung upside down, they both had blood rushes to their heads, and they were just like, ah, ah. Uh, like that's a nice moment where they're like yeah kid like you know you would have a blood rush to your head and would need a moment of just being like oh god oh god (laughs) i feel more so now that i'm an old guy too though (laughs) yeah yeah you know even though we've we've already talked about stan like it's it's also a very stan thing that mabel has to learn that has learned that it's okay that she's not conforming to the norms because being normal does not personally work for her and from a narrative point well, the thing is, like, Mabel's always going to be silly, and she will be silly for the rest of the show. And this is a defining moment of, this is Mabel, this is who she is, this is how she's going to be for the entire series. And But it also works in a narrative way, because it helps show that her outside-of-the-box thinking works in this crazy little world of Gravity Falls, and will will be a, it will be applied to the plot of this show. And mm-hmm. this is how it's going to be applied from a story point of view. Mm-hmm. And there, you know what? This just hit me. This, this is very um, Twin Peaks plot element. Oh, how so? I, I haven't seen Twin Peaks, so how so? Oh, geez. Maybe you should watch Twin Peaks. I probably should at this It's point. set in the Pacific Northwest as a, as a sort of... I would be interested to see... I almost what, heard you say Pacific Northwest when you said uh, Pacific Northwest. <laughs> uh, but um, the story starts out with a girl getting... It's different from Gravity Falls. It starts out with a girl getting murdered. They send in an FBI agent to to find out who killed her. But it's a surreal, weird plot line. You know, he it, it isn't a normal thing where it's like, let's find clues. It is. They go find clues. But he would do stuff like set up bottles and just sort of absentmindedly throw a rock to see which bottle he knocked down, you know, and use that as a indicator. And, and just the oddest things they would stumble upon, he would treat that as a clue. And it would be, of course lead them to something so it reminded me a lot of that using using just sort of like randomness and silliness doing something counterintuitive as being the best choice yeah to move on to dipper for for him as well this is a nice continuation from last week's episode too because double dipper was all about dipper learning to get out of his own head and to think outside the box 
And this entire episode is about thinking out of the box and not being overly logical about certain things. So it's a nice continuation of his story as well. Yes. Because so far, this is probably the best example of the Mystery Twins working together as a unit. Because it starts with Dipper in the journal. And, dur- and he pulls out the journal to open it up and say, Hey, I've read about this. There's a government cover-up about Gravity Falls. But then it's Mabel's silliness and thinking outside the box is what actually moves the plot along. And then it comes back to Dipper's logic when he realizes that Quentin never uh, resigned as president, which is what gets them out of the situation. So it's actually a very nice meshing of what both of the yeah. twins bring to the table, because they both bring their own views and points of views and ways of doing things, and they both actively use their strengths to, right. to um, what's the word, to complement each other. To get the plot moving. And I, and I like that because this was a really good example of this is how both of the twins work really, really well together. Well, it's all so, sort of summed up. The whole thing is sort of summed up in their little fist bump. He he initiates the fist bump and she's like, I thought you thought that was stupid. And he kind of says and, and he kind of says it to himself as she walks away. He's like, no, I'm, I'm warming up to it. Yeah, it's the actual and, words. And that's Mystery the rest twins. of the episode <laughs> is that like an illustration of that. Yeah, it's them being the mystery twins, because that, that was the thing that Seuss was like, you guys are the mystery twins a few episodes ago, and Dipper was like, I hate that. Don't call us the mystery yeah. twins. Yeah, oh yeah, this was a Seussless episode. This is one of the only two episodes, I almost put that in the notes, it's one of the only two episodes where Seuss isn't in it. It would have been interesting to see what, what uh, Pioneer Seuss would have been like. There could have probably been some really good, maybe they were, maybe he got cut for time or something, because it seems almost... Too good, too good to have like Seuss in some sort of pioneer gag. We know that uh, Seuss talked to Stan for an hour because <laughs> Stan says that he's like, and then Seuss came up and talked to me for an hour, yeah. and Mabel was like, "You've been through so much." I, I I really liked that, and just I love Dipper's moment of revenge against Pacifica because she's like, "I learned that I don't need to prove myself to anyone," and Dipper's like, "Fuck that, Pacifica! Your family sucks, and it's a lie." And he's just like, "That felt great." I just love that moment of him just being like, "Revenge is awesome." Yeah, he's just like, "Revenge is underestimated." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people say it's he's overrated, right, but too. that was awesome. Ultimately, yeah, revenge is mostly not sweet, but sometimes revenge is really sweet. And it truly is. Truly, truly, truly. I just love how he starts it when she's like, I learned that I don't have to prove myself for anyone. And he just pauses and goes, well, I've learned nothing. (laughs) My my favorite Mabel line from the whole thing is, I'm legalizing everything. Everything. That's everyone's favorite line from this episode. Everyone loves that line. <laughs> and Mabel's officially a congressman, apparently. Yep. I like that uh, uh, Stanley's license plate is a Stanley Mobile, too. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's it's really cute. The only other thing was I just wanted to see what you thought of Quentin Trimbley. He was okay. He was he was not the most interesting element of the whole thing. The, uh, like, in of all the, like, like, he was a fun, quirky, like... I'm the quirky president. You know, it was good. Lots of dumb president jokes. You can't go wrong there. But as far as like the mysterious creature or phenomena of the show goes, he was one of the more exciting ones. But like the rest of the story was more intriguing than than him. But he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. I, I 
feel very much the same way. Um, it's just a series of gags, basically. Pretty much, and I, I feel the same way. I, I, I think that's where like kind of rewatches on this kind of brings this one down a little bit because because of the fact that he's a series of gags. I've seen all of these gags, and the first time you watch it, it's really funny. But like the more you watch it, like it kind of loses that nuance and stuff. I, I, I like that he's kind of shows like the undercover nature and i like what he does for mabel's story that like he's actually quite brilliant underneath the silliness by like you know like hiding himself in peanut brittle and it sustained his life and stuff but overall like i i think he's okay um yeah he doesn't he doesn't live up to multiple watching there's a reason i don't rewatch this episode very often <laughs> and i agree i think the story is much more interesting versus the reveal of quentin I do like little things, though, when he is just, like, when they break out the box, and he's like, that didn't work. We need to rebuild this box and try again. <laughs> yes. I do, I, I do like little things about that, and just, like, little jokes of how he won in a landslide, and then the landslide comes in. Took out all the other other candidates. I, I, I am a little, I do have a little bit of a soft spot of the end credits with the babies. <laughs> and he's just like, this is a dark day for America. Like, who would you have repellous me? Mama! That old hag! <laughs> <laughs> so there's still certain things about it, but I don't... He's definitely not the best, like, monster mystery thing of the week, and I do agree with that, so... Did you have any other thoughts about this episode? No, not really. That's about all. I, I got all through all my notes. All right. So time to go to your speculation and theories corner and i'm gonna open you up with oh sorry i don't mean like cut you open or anything um i'm gonna open up the segment with uh, a question which is we see that the government is aware of gravity falls uh when it comes to like hiding conspiracies because obviously hiding nathaniel northwest's parentage and stuff like that was also hiding the eight and a half president what are your thoughts about the government being aware that gravity falls is at least hiding a secret president. <laughs> I don't have it as my prediction, but I mean, we're probably definitely going to see more of whoever the guy, you know, the, the guy we saw from behind sitting at his desk, probably just as a guy sitting behind the desk, but who knows? It, it seems like this show, like when it introduces things like that, it's usually looking to flesh it out. And now that you told me it, like the big gaps in between production in this, it gave him a lot of time, probably, to uh, sit around and think of ways to tie stuff up from earlier episodes into further episodes in cool ways, you know? So, I will say see. that production was done all at the same time. It was just the release air dates. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's Disney. It's not. Yeah. It's it's they 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 do that. And same thing with Cartoon Network. Like they would do like six episodes of Steven Universe and then wait like six months before releasing six more episodes. And the difference is Steven Steven Universe is ten minute episodes, All so right. it was really only like an hour's worth of stuff, like two hours Weird. worth of stuff to, to must release. be an algorithm. Yeah, it's it's dumb, but some algorithm must have told them to do that. But the, the seasons were separated, so, like, season two definitely has a tonal shift, and you can tell that it was done after season one. I find myself always tempted at this to go, like, you know, I, I kind of have no doubt that, that Trembley's going to come back, but I don't want to pick that as my thing, because that's just sort of been what I've been doing on every episode. But I'd like to see, I'd like to see the Pacifica Northwest 
parents developed a little bit. I I hope there's more on them because they seem inter- and and they obviously come back because they come back with a different voice actor for the dad. So I'm I have a feeling those characters could be could be very interesting because they're sort of the up rich upper class part and they always have secrets. So they they've got to tie into it somehow. It's Nathan Fillion's coming in to voice Preston. Right, right, right. And and when I heard that, I was just like, okay, you know, what's his name from Saturday Night Live? He's kind of, he's kind of a big name too, you know. Mm-hmm. Chris so, Parnell. Chris Parnell, yeah, yeah. No, I think a lot of people would remember him. You know, he was a comedian, then he was on Saturday Night Live, and now he's a voice actor. But uh, yeah, he was probably a, like a, a little more expensive voice actor, so they wanted to get you know get somebody else on his tier so that means it's going somewhere yeah it's going somewhere well then i will say at least in season two you know preston's coming back at least once <laughs> okay yes because <laughs> i said it in my notes <laughs> yes i do um did you have any other speculations or theories no ma'am all right so part three the cypher corner and connections to previous episodes so in this episode, Maple finds out that Ben Franklin was actually, in fact, a woman. This was foreshadowed back in the episode The Legend of the Gobblewonker. Um, Stan is making the kids help him make fake $100 bills, and he tells Mabel to draw better because her Ben Franklins look like a woman. I think there might, like, I, I might have to do a little research, but I think there might actually, they might have got that from an actual ridiculous conspiracy theory at one time because it sounds familiar to me that's that people have claimed that ben franklin might be a woman <laughs> um and then we already said this one but back in the episode headhunters seuss calls dipper mabel the mystery twins and this episode dipper finally accepts that nickname for them there were actually two cryptograms in this episode one is the normal one at the end of the episode and when it's decrypted it reads e pluribus trimbly <laughs> Which is a riff on the dollar bill that says E Pluribus Unum. And the other cryptogram was a lot more sneaky. It was on the negative $12 bill in the serial number. After grouping together the numbers in pairs and adding up the sums of the digits within those pairs, you get a group of numbers that translates into the word blind. That's weird. It sounds like that's like part of... It sounds like there might be more words to come. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see how it refers to anything in the episode or anything like that so do you do you think it might refer to anything in the series or do you need more information to see if it connects to other words yeah i don't know yeah it's just weird it's just a random word so it just sort of seems like it might be part of something else to have some context it seems out of context that i understand everything else has been sort of a joke or referenced a joke in the show this one just sort of sees i don't know maybe maybe it references maybe there was a eye on the pyramid on the thing so it was saying the eye on the pyramid is blind or something i don't know it's one of the it's the first like kind of cryptic one they've done yeah we're, we're gonna start getting more of these as the show progresses mm. so just just keep that one in mind I'm going to take a moment to thank my amazing patrons. Your support means the world to me. I love you guys so much. You're what keeps this podcast going and keeps my side afloat and keeps me lovely and sane. And I love you so much. So I want to give a special thanks to Billy, Lynn, Patrick, Bree, Alex, Kate, and Heather. I love you guys so much. You mean the world to me. Thank you so much. All right, Chris. Well, what was your final thoughts of the episode? 
I liked it. It was a, it was a lot thematically like the last episode. I liked the last episode a little better, but it was fun. Not one of my favorites, but but a, but a good fun episode. I did enjoy the plot of this episode more than I have in the past when I've watched it. That said, I enjoyed the journey of Dipper and Mabel more versus Quentin, which doesn't mm. hold up well with rewatches. But there is so much great character work for Mabel and Dipper. I love Lurbs and Derland. They're just the best. And I think just Pioneer Day is so much fun. And getting revenge on Pacifica is always fun. <laughs> Pacifica is such a great like stereotype character of, I'm the mean girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I like that. I, I like her as a foil compared to, to Mabel. I think they're very good foils of the weird girl and the mean girl, and I, I like them. Yeah, so did you have anything else for Irrational Treasure? No, that's all I got. All right, Chris, well, where can people find you? You can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com. That's our website. Mm, we've got a l- nice handy list of all our podcasts there, including the podcast that Hope and I do together called J Guys and Jedi. So- Woo! Star Wars Rebels podcast at the moment. It's going to shift into some Star Wars Clone Wars for a little while, though, in the future, and some other Dave Filoni stuff that'll be going for a while. And you can find um, Two True Freaks on Twitter and on the Facebooks, too. If you just type in Two True Freaks, it'll take you to all our fun stuff to do there. And uh, if you go to our uh, J Guys and Jedi Twitter page, you'll find out that Hope Mullinex runs that all by herself. Woo! How about you? Where can they find you? Although they have found you. They found you, at least to here. I was typing, so I was like, I, I got to the, you You paused, and I was like, oh, is he going to keep going? Because I was typing something, <laughs> and I was like, wait, I missed half of what Chris said. Is he done? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm done. Well, of course, this is the animation podcast for geekgirlexperience.com. You can find all my reviews there and all sorts of fun things about animation and gay stuff because that's my brand. Um, If you're listening to this, you might be listening to this on iTunes. But if you're listening to this from iTunes, did you know you're actually two months behind? And if you want to get caught up and be have your name shout out in the show, you can also look up the Geeky Girl Experience Patreon, which would be awesome because your support helps keep my website and this podcast running. You can also find me at Hope Molinax on Twitter. Like Chris said, I run our JGuys and Jedi account. And then you can also find me on Archive of Our Own, which I write fan fiction under the name Chaos Lydia. And I have everything from Star Wars to She-Ra to even... God, if you really want to go old school, I have, like, a chapter of a Once Upon a Time fanfic up. God, I forgot about that till just now. Ugh. <laughs> old fanfiction. So, yeah. <gasps> Chris, I'm so excited for next week. Do you know why? Is that the pig? Is it the pig it's coming? It's the pig! <laughs> it's the pig! <laughs> <clears throat> I'm so excited because this was because next week is the time traveling pig and it was actually my first episode of Gravity Falls. And so that episode actually means a lot for me because it's what made me love fall in love with the series in the first place. And I love the episode. It's so nostalgic. And we get Dee Bradley Baker coming in voicing characters and we love Dee Bradley Baker from Clone Wars and Rebels. And it's just there's so much about it that I love and 
I am, I, I'm just so excited for you to watch this episode because it's one of my personal favorites, but it's because it was also my first. So, <laughs> I, actually, interesting. I would love... Because, always remember her first. Yeah, my first pig. But I, I'd actually be interested in... Because for me, I watched it as my first episode, it worked as a pilot for me because it had, it introduced everything with series, it introduced all the characters, everybody was in character in the stories and showed the weirdness of Gravity Falls. So I'm wondering, since you have eight other episodes under your belt now, what it would be like if you watching it and seeing if you would think that it would be a good pilot. I think they, they plot them out and think of them to, to make sure that if you come in at any point, that you can you can get it but yeah I'll, I'll think of that when i watch it like yeah i will say that works up until about season two and then when season two kicks in it's much more serial sort of follow it yeah yeah it's it's well season one is very episodic season two is more serial and it really does kind of steamroll like from episode into episode into episode um and they build so it's it'd be, I, i'd be interested to see that but all right guys we'll see you next time bye Bye! Hey guys, did you know that you are actually two months behind on Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons? My patrons over on Patreon have access to more episodes of this show as well as behind the scene content. Patreon is a great way for you to support this podcast and my website, Geeky Girl Experience, with multiple tiers of content that you can choose from. If you become a patron, you'll get your name shouted out in the episodes, as well as my never-ending gratitude. You can sign up today at www.patreon.com slash geekygirlexperience. Thanks for listening, I'll see you next time, and I love you guys. Bye!